0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, aka the Gargoyle. And joining me once again is Eric. Say hello, Eric.
1: Hello. I'm Eric, aka the Chimerican.
0: Yes. Yes. Not the. Yeah, I'm trying to think of human centipede and Eric joined together. Like, what would that be? The human centiperic? Uh,
1: yeah. Sure. I, guess. I don't know. Centaricpeed?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I like that one. <laughs> S- <senteric-ped>. uh, <laughs> All right. So today is our 22nd day of 60 Days of Halloween, which is a lot of days of Halloween in a row and a whole lot of horror movies. Uh, and the start of um, Kevin and Jennifer Sluter's um, combined fear week. And their combined fears are going to be child in peril. And uh, fear of like being trapped or not being able to, to escape. Uh, and Kevin and Jennifer Sluter are a husband and wife production team out in L.A. And uh, Kevin is also a writer and director. Um, currently, they're on the festival circuit with their short film Heartless, which is an adaptation of Edgar Allan Poe's Telltale Heart. And it is awesome. I love it. It's a lot of fun. Um, I did an interview with them a couple months back, so if you enjoy Edgar Allan Poe or just kind of getting to know a little bit more about writers, directors, producers and whatnot, be sure to go back and check out that episode because they're a lot of fun to talk to and a lot of fun to listen to. Um, So yeah, we're going to be going through their fears, and uh, we're going to start with Jennifer's fears of Child and Peril. And one of her movies was one that we've actually already talked about uh, before I (laughs) wake. So rather than doing Another review on the same movie. Um, We're going to throw in a sort of placeholder. So we're going to review this one. Not entirely sure if it's going to end up being on the analysis episode or not, but uh, it ties in nicely with the Child in Peril. It also ties in a lot from the fears that you and I had um, with our parenting fears and uh, Eric's Dead Kid Week. And like it, it was one that I wanted to use on my list, but ended up not for whatever reason. Uh, and one that I recommended that you use.
1: Yeah, and I had considered using it too, but I wanted to do... I had seen this movie before, so I wanted to do movies that I hadn't seen.
0: Yeah, so so this one I think is just a really, uh, really good movie to kind of tie in all three of our weeks. Uh, it also has a little bit of being trapped and not being able to escape, uh, tying in a little bit from uh, Kevin's half of the week. Uh, but tonight we're going to be talking about the Korean film, The Host. And, oh my god, I love this movie so much.
1: It's so good. Yeah, okay. it really is. Like, it's... I'm a huge fan of, like, South Korean cinema, and this is one of my favorites. I mean, it's it's so, it's everything. I mean, like, I, I hate when people say that as an adjective, <laughs> but, like, this movie has everything in it. Like, every, I mean, which we'll get into in a minute, but it's, it's it, a lot of fun. It and doesn't have aliens. I guess. It's got a creature, though. Yeah. But we'll get into that in a minute. So, yeah, The Host. <laughs> so, for um, those of you who don't know, The Host is a giant monster movie. But it's also not. So basically, it's like a giant monster starts rampaging through South Korea, and this uh, little girl is kidnapped, and then her family, or kidnapped by the creature, I should say, and then her family tries to find her, and that's really about it.
0: Yeah, but oh man, there there is so much more to those. So much. It. I love this movie so much that if I remember correctly, because you know, I've slept I think since then, uh, I included this last year in my giant monster week. So this is two years in a row that I've included this movie because it's just such a great movie. Uh, so we're gonna be going through the same thing that we've been doing on all the reviews. What prior information do we have? What did we think from a technical standpoint? What did we think from an emotional standpoint? Uh, how rewatchable is it? And uh, who do we recommend the movie for? Mm. So what did you know about the movie before watching it this go around?
1: Uh well I'd seen it. this is the second time I've seen it as I mentioned um I'm a big fan of Jun-ho Bong's work um yeah he did uh Snowpiercer Snowpiercer uh, yeah Oakja I think Oakja yeah and um, um oh and Good and Bad and the Weird no that's and Kim
0: wait no that's right yeah he acted in that one but yeah sorry
1: but the character who plays Kangdu or Kangdu in this movie yes. is in the Good the Bad and the Weird. Yeah, I think sorry. The weird. I, I got some of my research mixed up. <laughs>
0: it was like, yeah, this one and this one. Oh wait, crap. No, he was in that one.
1: Yes. Um, but yeah, so I was a, I watched Snowpiercer first, and I love that movie. Like it is so good. I absolutely adore that movie. Um, so I was really wanting to look for more of uh, his work and I'd heard great things about The Host for years. I mean, even since 2006, like I'd heard so many great things about how it's like one of the best giant monster movies of this decade or whatever which i guess we're not in that decade anymore but anyway yeah um so yeah and and i knew at the time uh it was the highest grossing south korean film of all time Hmm. i don't know if it still holds that record i don't think it does but so it was a huge deal at the time so i had to see it
0: yeah i um this is probably the third or fourth time that i've seen it Maybe I can't remember how many times that I've seen it. Um, but yeah, I remember the first time that I heard about it being like, Oh man, it's this amazing monster movie. And then the first time that I watched it, I was like, that statement is both accurate and incredibly misleading. It is an amazing movie. It is a monster movie. It is a really good monster movie, but like what makes it an amazing movie is not the fact that it's an amazing monster movie. It Mm -hmm. is just a really good story of loss and grief and guilt and, Uh, and and overcoming obstacles. And it is just such a beautiful movie that happens to kind of revolve around this monster.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like with most monster movies, the monster is not the monster. Exactly. It is all of their
0: fears and inadequacies. And I love the fact. All right. So let's go ahead and start getting into the technical stuff because I love the fact that every single main character in this movie is flawed.
1: Oh man. They're so flawed (sighs) and it's so great. That's what's like, uh, Kong-Doo is... It's really funny, because when you first watch it, like, Kong-Doo's character, he is constantly screwing up. Like He is just... He just seems like completely inept to everything. Yeah, He seems like he would be like a wacky sidekick character. And then you learn that he is the protagonist of the movie. And even this time when I watched it, I forgot that he is basically... I mean, it switches perspectives a little bit, and it's really about this family, but he's really the driving force of the film he's the he is the protagonist i would say yeah um and it's really interesting because you don't see a lot of protagonists like him who who are just so completely inept and just goofy and but he's he's fantastic like uh now i will say this you do say you do
0: see him play that character a lot like even in the, uh, the good the bad and the weird he's that same sort of like goofy just he keeps making mistakes but is a lot better than what he might seem, and like somehow keeps surviving. I, yeah, and this I movie really love good, bad, and the weird. By in, the way,
1: it, I haven't seen it yet. Actually, oh my God, you need to see it. It's so much fun. I haven't like in this movie though. It's not even necessarily that he's just like, I hate to say this, but he's dumb. Like he's just a dumb character. I think like he doesn't understand things. Like they kind of hint that maybe that he's not really all there. That he has maybe some kind of mental disorder or something. Um, at least by the dad at one point. Uh, so it's really, it's, it's a very interesting family dynamic. That's one with him and the rest of his family. Yeah. Um, well,
0: but then like, there's also the, uh, that conversation that the dad has about like, he's really bright and. I, I know, that's
1: why I didn't want to call him dumb, but it's like, if you had, if I just had to like pick s- some word out to describe it, like it is the way that in most movies, a dumb character would re would behave like, yeah just like some kind of caricature of like a dumb character. He I, starts off that way, but he grows so much throughout this movie because of the mistakes that he makes.
0: Yeah. And like I'm I'm trying to think of someone to relate him
1: to. I know it's And that's the thing. That's that's what I love about it though. There's no there's so few characters like this, especially main characters.
0: Like this is not a good comparison at all. But the first person that I thought of was uh John Arbuckle from the Garfield comics. <laughs> that's
1: interesting <laughs> Again,
0: not the best comparison <laughs> but you know just kind of like there and like god bless him he's trying his best but oh man he messes up so much or, yeah or even like charlie brown but like they don't he he doesn't let um he doesn't let his faults get in the way and like even very early on when the monster is attacking people like he's running in and trying to save people mm-hmm. not like oh i'm big machismo like i'm i need to go safer for one it's more of just kind of like i okay, I, I well, guess this is what I have yeah, to do now? Yeah, it's
1: interesting because it's almost like he succumbs to peer pressure because there are they're like people like pushing him, like, go, go, save those kids. And he's like, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really interesting. Yeah, he's such a fascinating <clears throat> character. I, I love him. Well, yeah, and this movie overall just has some fantastic performances, like especially uh, Kang, Ho, Kang Ho Song is the is the guy who plays uh, Kang Doo. I can't remember the, Kang Doo Park, I think, is what his yeah. name is. But man... He's such a great actor. He's so good in this movie. And then I don't know who his, his name, but um, the actor who plays his father, he has this fantastic monologue about halfway through the movie that I just love so much, and it really fleshes out that character so much. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and like one of the things that I love so much about this movie, you know, especially with the dad's performance, is there's so many scenes where it's not even like what they're saying. It's just so many like facial expressions. Yeah. Oh God. Like there's one scene in particular that I don't want to spoil, but it's a very heartbreaking scene involving the dad and no words, but like when it happens, just so, so many tears. I love it. I love Mm. it so much. It's such a good scene.
1: What's, what's really interesting about this movie is like the kind of jarring tonal shifts that it has sometimes. Um, which I think really works in its favor. Like they're very deliberate. Like there's a part where, um, the dad's giving like this very emotional monologue to his children and his children are falling asleep while he's saying <laughs> it. And it's just, it feels like it feels like a real family. It's yeah. like, it, it doesn't make it feel like a movie. It makes them feel like real people because yeah. like I can totally imagine like a kid just being like, all right, dad, let's go. Like, I don't really care to hear what you have to say, even though he's like getting really emotional. And there are a lot of interesting scenes like that where it, you know, you'll be like really upset and like on the verge of tears. And then all of a sudden there's like comedy that kind of pops in out of nowhere. And it's like, oh, that's that's when it kind of breaks up the tension a little bit. And it's very interesting the way that it shifts tones.
0: Oh, yeah. Like uh, so this seems early enough that it's not a spoiler when they're in sort of like the school gym or whatever yeah, after the monster attack. Where like it feels so real in terms of like how you would expect people to respond and they're getting angry at each other, but still loving each other. And then, yeah, it's, they're like grieving. Well, and then like all of the uh, news outlets are there, like taking pictures because they're kind of losing it a little bit. Yeah. And it's like, yep, I could totally see how like in a trauma when there's a family really losing it that, you know, all the newspapers and and TV outlets are going to be like, oh, here's a good representation of how tragic this is. Let's make sure to get this. And like, it's something that you don't really think about until you see that scene and you think about, wait a second, how many people have I seen crying on a newspaper cover and how many other people were taking that exact same picture and just kind of like, I don't know, almost like glorifying their trauma in a way. Yeah. yeah, I, I love that scene because of how real it feels. Yeah,
1: and then I also love there's a scene kind of that kind of happens a little after that where there's a guy in a hazmat suit who's coming out <laughs> and he's like trying to explain what's going on, but he like slips and then he was like, here, instead of explaining, let me just turn on the news. And it's just funny because like almost every time you see a, a situation like that in a movie, it's always somebody who knows exactly what to say and they don't like their they're pitch perfect or whatever. But if you actually go to like, like, we work at a college. Anytime we have events, there's always some sort of technical glitch or screw up, or somebody yep. who doesn't know exactly what they're trying to say. And it just makes it feel more real. It's very, it's, I love that about this movie. <laughs>
0: it, yeah. And, and I'm glad that you mentioned those tonal shifts because, man, this movie hits so many different themes in terms of like, what the horror is like the, the underlying driving horror is family and loss and child and peril. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's environmental stuff. There is um, like fear of the government. There yeah. is uh, like the um, <laughs> calling the
1: USA out on their bullshit. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, and like trying to hide stuff and like doctors the, they, <laughs> blaming a virus that isn't real. And, it's, and
1: yeah, it's very interesting.
0: I, I, I just, I love the fact that when I watch this movie, every, or the first time that I saw this movie, I should say, every time I thought, oh, right, this is what the theme of the movie is going to be, like, it would shift it. Not so much that it felt like it was, you know, like, completely throwing away what had been done, but enough to be like, you know what, life is more complicated than just this one issue. Yeah there are some shortcomings. Like the very opening scene where it's explaining how the monster essentially was created. Yeah,
1: it's kind of goofy.
0: It is goofy and it's overdone, but uh, first off it has the actor who played Herschel from Walking yeah, Dead and he's an like amazing that. actor. But like it is taking like it's taking something real and just overdoing it so like they're pouring formaldehyde down the Yeah, it, it kind of sets
1: you up for a totally different movie than what you get
0: yeah well but like okay so it feels
1: very he, much like this super cheesy like like it, they don't feel like real people it just feels like cartoon characters in a movie that's like haha look at this villainous thing that I'm doing it, it is probably one of the worst parts of the movie but it still
0: fits like watching that scene. It just, like you said, it just feels goofy. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's like hundreds of bottles of formaldehyde that's <laughs> pouring down the drain We're just because they're the dusty.
1: <laughs> it's weird. But but, uh, but it also kind of sounds like how the government actually operates where they make these weird decisions, based on arbitrary reasons
0: or even just like, you know, medical waste and how not everything is always disposed of properly and how casually, you know, people will whatever, just like flush stuff down the toilet. So even though like it is, it's taking these things to the extreme, I think that it is also really easy to think about, Oh yeah. Like this type of stuff, again, not pouring hundreds of bottles of formaldehyde down the drain just because they're dusty, but just that excess and the waste and the carelessness is a thing that that definitely really can uh play a part um this movie is long
1: it is a little long that's 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 true it's it's a little too long it it, like actually because i'd seen it before so when i was watching it today like (laughs) i just kind of kept hitting the skip ahead 10 seconds button every now and then just like (laughs) okay all right yeah i remember all that let's go ahead which I hate that I did that because I didn't get the... I don't feel like I got the full experience, but it is a little <clears throat> long.
0: Yeah, this is not the kind of movie to watch. It, it It's weird because it does
1: feel really long, but it also doesn't feel too long depending on how you're watching it. Well, I mean, it's only two hours, <clears throat> but it feels longer than that. So it's kind of... It's, it's odd. It, I think it's just because this movie has so much packed into it and it skips it. Like, most of the scenes in this movie really only last, like... Just a couple minutes or so, and they're skipping ahead to something, like moving on to the next thing. So it makes it feel a little bit longer than it is, I think. Well, and like, I
0: do feel like the pacing is appropriate. Like, I don't feel like it should be an action movie because Mm -hmm. it's not a nonstop chasing down this monster. It's like really
1: following these characters. Yeah, it's a family drama, I think, more than, or maybe a family dramedy. Yeah, family drama dark
0: dramedy yeah i don't yeah this movie is
1: unclassifiable because it like i said it has a little bit of everything
0: yeah well and like that's what i meant earlier with the it is an amazing movie and it's a great monster but like it's weird to think of it as like the most
1: amazing monster movie because well it's funny because we're we're talking about the technical aspects we haven't said anything about the monster or the horror elements or anything yet
0: (laughs) well so like watching it if you are in the mood for like a fast-paced monster movie I don't think that this is really going to to meet that need. Yeah, there are some good
1: scenes, like the opening scene with the first monster attack is fantastic, and it's like super action packed, and it's so tense. And the monsters, the 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 computer effects aren't great. Oh no, they're cheesy. They're super cheesy. But the monster design is really cool, and it's terrifying. Yeah, like and the way that and again, like uh, Junho Bong, is a fantastic director like the way he stages the action is just beautiful like this is a gorgeous movie and it's perfectly shot in so many ways um so like yeah it's got a lot of good action scenes every now and then and there's like parts where people are escaping from it's almost like a prison break kind of movie i'm not gonna say where they're what they're escaping or whatever i don't want to give anything away but like (laughs) it's just so much much, so many things packed into this movie there's it's kind of like an on the run movie at times and it's uh i mean it's like I said, everything into one movie.
0: Well, and like the, uh, the, the DVD case uh, on the front, it says on par with jaws and like I, I both agree and disagree with that. But one of the things that I agree with about that is when you think about jaws, you think about like, Oh yeah. Giant shark action monster movie. Except the shark's not really in it that much. Bruce isn't on screen that much. Yeah. Bruce is the name of the shark for those horror fans out there who haven't seen (laughs) it before. um, so, so, yeah, like the shark isn't actually in Jaws that much, but the the dread that the shark is giving to the, uh, to the people of that city is what gives it that overall feel. And the same thing with the host, the, the dread that the monster is putting into that community is what is sort of driving the movie and what you feel the entire time. Yep. Uh, it also reminded me a lot of the original Godzilla movie. So before yeah, it got super campy... Where it was, here is this thing that man has caused, <clears throat> atomic war, and this <laughs> giant monster that is unleashed. But you don't really see the monster that much because it's more about the people. And then, oh right, the monster destroys everything. Yeah. So it it gave me a lot of those feels, but in a much more modern and updated way, without feeling like too old and too campy. Like yep. is, I, I feel like it is such an amazing mixture of just well. To everything it's, it's, it's great it's fantastic yep so what would you think of it emotionally
1: Uh, man this movie really puts you through like I mean you'll laugh and you'll tear up and you'll like like there's some great action like what I think sticks out to me most about this movie emotional is that it really hits you when you least expect it so like there'll be a part where there's like something really funny and you'll be laughing laughing and then all of a sudden like it just switches immediately and then you're like oh oh god like this Uh, it's just yeah Because of those tonal shifts that in a lot of movies, I think, wouldn't work very well. But in this movie, like, he knows exactly when to hit you with something to, like, for maximum emotional impact. Yeah. Whatever it may be.
0: All right. Even though we're not going to go into a ton of analysis on this one during the analysis episode, there is going to be at least some discussion because there's something that I really want to talk about, but I can't go into depth about why I want to talk about it so much without a spoiler mm-hmm. because it's the ending. I feel like the ending is exactly the kind of ending that this movie should have had. Yeah. I agree. I, I, I love I, I cannot say anything else about it without spoilers, but like, man, that the I can say this. The first time that I saw the movie, I did not like the ending. Mm-hmm. Every time after that, I was like, you know what? This, it's perfect. Like it, it is makes exactly the sense. ending. Yeah, it, it is. Oh, God. It, yeah. it just, it's so good. And yeah. man, I really want to talk about it. Stupid, <laughs> self-imposed, non-spoilerific episodes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah it's a great movie like yeah. it's 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 a lot of fun but it's also like at times it's tragic and and i think more than anything is it's just very relatable even though it's i mean like i don't understand korean culture i would never eat that crap that they eat with like squids and stuff like that grosses me out <laughs> Like nah, man squids delicious but, like the family and the fact that everybody is constantly making mistakes everybody's constantly screwing up and a lot of those groups have Immensely tragic consequences. Yeah, and like I don't know, it just feels very relatable, and you like you just really empathize with these characters, and it's so easy to get lost in this movie. So yeah, it's it's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, and I feel like there's a lot of things that are set up that do pay
0: off. So like the flaws that each of the characters have directly relate to what they have to overcome, and they directly relate to like how they overcome it. And it's just it is such good writing. In terms of like, you don't just give a character a flaw just for the hell of it. Like it means something to who that character is and why they do the things that they do. And again, like there, there are some decisions that it's just like, yes, this is a sign that they're overcoming things and you're seeing character growth. And then like they make the same mistakes again and like just, Oh my God. No. Yeah. No, because I know the con. Yep. That's the consequence that was going to happen. Expected it. And Oh, Oh, now I'm sad again. Yeah. It is. It is just so beautiful. And I love it so much. Um, and because we're including this as part of that child in peril, uh, part of the week, there is absolutely a tremendous child in peril fear. Oh, and, yeah, it's yeah. Like it, Especially now being a dad, like I, this is the first time that I've seen it since being a dad and it hit me so differently now. Mm-hmm. And like some of the things that, um, whatever his name is, the, some of the decisions that he makes, it's like, yeah, that, that's what I would do. And, oh God, it's like, it's heartbreaking, but it's beautiful. And I really, I really can't say that enough. I love this movie.
1: Same. All I, right. I can't add anything else to it. You hit the nail on the head. So. How rewatchable is this movie? I think it's really rewatchable because it has so many different elements and it has a little bit of something for everybody. Um, and like, like I said, it's just even rewatching it now, I didn't remember everything about it, and I, I still feel like I had, it had the same emotional impact on me the second time I watched it. And I just watched it for the first time like maybe a year ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's really rewatchable. The only thing is it it does feel a tad too long, and it is kind of because it can be kind of draining emotionally at times. I have to, I feel like I'd have to be in the right mood for it. Um, but I mean, like when you mentioned it for this podcast, at first I was like, oh, I don't know if I really want to watch the host right now. But as soon as I turned it on, I was like, nope, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> I'm, I'm hooked again. Totally down for this movie. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I feel like it's one of the kinds of
0: movies that is super rewatchable with space in between.
1: Yeah. In exactly. part
0: because the emotion, like you said, in part because... Yeah, 2-hour movie, like that's not the longest of movies, you know, it's not like sitting down to uh, to rewatch Lord of the Rings or anything, but you know, some movies that are 75, 80 minutes, which are super short, then you sit down and like you hit that hour and a half mark, you hit hour 45, you're like, "Okay, it's almost over, right?" No, there's still more story. I mean, yeah, I guess cuz they need to resolve some things, but all right, I'm getting tired. Yeah. So yeah, if you try to watch it like too often, you and think because of the pacing and it, stuff too. It, yeah. it
1: makes it feel a little bit longer than it is.
0: But but yeah, I think that it is totally rewatchable. Like it is definitely one of the kinds of movies that anytime someone says, "Do you want to watch The Host?" Yes, absolutely. As long as like I didn't immediately finish it. Um, yeah. You know, like some of the movies that we've talked about, like Pieces, I would have turned Pieces right back on as soon as I finished it. Well, I mean, you kind of did. Like I you watched it the next <laughs> I day. Absolutely did. <laughs> That's because I i had to watch it with the volume down because i didn't (laughs) want to wake up my son and so yeah um so pieces i would turn back on as soon as i finished it evil dead reanimator like there's some of those movies that are just so much fun the host is amazing and there are parts that are fun but you need space in between yeah you know yeah all right so who do you recommend recommend the movie for
1: I think the obvious answer would be, like, if you're a fan of South Korean cinema, like, if you like uh, ji Won Kim or uh, chan Park or, you know, any of those guys, then you would probably really enjoy this movie. I mean, again, like, it's... It feels like it has elements of all of those kind of, like, elements of something like Old Boy or The Good, The Bad, and The Weird or... Um, Godzilla. Or Godzilla. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> not Korean. It's Japanese. Know. But, I mean, still, like, if you're a fan of that kind of film those kind of films then you'd really like this movie if you like giant monster movies like godzilla um especially ones that are not just like like that and i feel like most giant monster movies are are like this like they represent something else yeah at least the good ones are they should represent something else like if you like movies that have a message to them that are kind of like a political allegory um then i think you'd really enjoy this movie yeah, I, I recommend this movie for like literally everyone. Unless you just hate subtitles for some reason. Then, and even if you do, you should still watch this movie because you need to get over that.
0: Yeah. And uh, you're
1: missing out on uh, so many great movies. Along with that, watch this movie in the original Korean with the subtitles. Do yes, not watch it subbed don't or do do don't, don't watch it dubbed. <sighs> yeah, the, I never watch movies dubbed.
0: There are times that I do. And like the last few times that I watched this, I watched it with the subtitles. And I was like, you know what? I know what this movie is like with subtitles. I'm going to watch it dubbed and like you eventually get used to it, but man, the voices just aren't the same. And like a lot of the lines that are really just emotional and heartbreaking, when they're dubbed, they just sound silly. Yeah. So uh,
1: usually they don't get the same emotion across when it's a different actor. Yeah.
0: So definitely watch this in the original Korean with the subtitles, uh, unless you can speak Korean, in which case you don't need the subtitles, but (laughs) definitely watch it with the original, uh, actors doing their actual voices um but yeah like i i would recommend this movie for everyone i don't think that everyone would enjoy it just in terms of like some people like you said don't like reading subtitles uh some people might think it's a little boring and goes on a little too long some people don't like sci-fi and giant monsters Mm -hmm. but just in terms of like there are some people that you think oh don't watch this kind of movie because i know that you don't like violence well there's not I mean like there is violence but it's not the kind of like gory over the top like oh you can't really show this to this type of person there's some swearing but not constant enough to like really deter people Uh, there's no nudity that I can think of like there's nothing Mm -hmm. about it that you're like oh can't recommend this movie for this type of person because they might not like it and it's just it is just such a good movie that I feel like everyone should watch it and if you don't like it, kind of, you know, get past some of those hang-ups that you have and start yeah. appreciating foreign cinema. Uh, I definitely recommend it for people who enjoy classic monster movies. So, like, if you like the original Universal Monsters, where oh, yeah. where there is that definitely. monster but a lot of drama, then this is absolutely the kind of movie for you. And I, I love that. I love the fact that it has that very classic feel to it, but without feeling old-fashioned like it feels very modern it does yeah but yeah like if if you enjoy classic monster movies then then absolutely so Agreed.
1: yeah <laughs> this, this is such a better movie than human centipede God, so much better. <laughs> holy That's, crap this was a great palate cleanser for our palate cleanser exactly yes, as you said. <laughs> a
0: palate refresher um <laughs> All right, Eric, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on Letterboxd and see my other movie reviews and ratings. Uh, it's Eric J-A-Y on Letterboxd. And on Twitter, you can find me at Eric J-A-Y Harris. And you can try to find me other places, but uh, good luck.
0: I'm going to keep hounding you to create the Chimerican account. Yeah,
1: you keep telling me, but I I have other things to do. It takes all <laughs> of like five minutes yeah, to but create I have new to, accounts. The, the big thing is trying to get other people to follow it again, like to build up that base that I already have on just like my regular account which i mean i'm pretty sure i only have like 80 followers but still then you just go to like your other account and anyone that you want
0: to follow all of your movie reviewings you just follow all of them like you don't have to search for them just go to you and anyways (laughs) this, this is a waste of time on the podcast uh you can follow me um on facebook at the gargoyle podcast on instagram at the gargoyle podcast on twitter at gargoyle podcast and on letterboxd at the gargoyle And if you're enjoying these episodes, um, be sure to follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Anchor.fm. And again, if you are enjoying these, leave some feedback. Let us know. Tell us what you think. Uh, Let us know what your fears are and what movies you would include in a week surrounding your fear and what palate cleanser you would include and why. It's like I'm asking people to do homework. Um, (laughs) Or do our work for us. hey you know what if you have a great fear and awesome movies that we want to see um we'll do a week devoted to your fear yeah. and with anchor.fm like you that, can yeah. uh you can call in and leave some comments and feedback uh so yeah we can include you on the podcast um yeah so follow us and be sure to keep checking back for more of our coverage in 60 days of halloween Tomorrow we're going to be talking about *The Shining*, continuing on with the child and peril side of uh, Kevin and Jennifer, Kevin and Jennifer Sluter's fears week, and I'm trying to think what all else. Oh, uh, be sure to be sure to check out *Frightening Ass Film Fest* in Chattanooga, Knoxville Horror Film Fest in Knoxville. Uh, tickets. I think tickets for both of them are already up. I know for Knoxville, Fest. Are. are definitely up. I don't
1: know about Chattanooga or frightening Ass film festival.
0: Yeah. They're, they're both great though. Um, but, but yes, yeah, so definitely check out Knoxville horror film fest. They've got an amazing lineup. Frightening ass film fest. I think is still trying to uh, work out some of their details, but the last few years that I've gone, they, they both been amazing. So definitely check those out. And you know, it's, it is almost October. So if you haven't started watching horror movies yet, start watching some horror movies. It's a fun thing to do with friends during the fall it just is it is yeah it's the best thing
1: yeah I don't think I've watched anything other than horror movies since the month began (laughs) (laughs) oh no actually I take that back I watched The Princess Diaries yep (sighs) one and two I with my kids sure
0: I was about to say i'm bringing you to the dark side <laughs> where halloween starts in september <sighs> and it starts like inching into august you know like it starts getting august 25th you're know, like
1: yeah, i should halloween. probably set
0: up the halloween decorations it's not even september <laughs> no I can it's great wait halloween like doesn't day, last long
1: enough right it's, yeah it needs to be you know like a sixth of the year yes it, it absolutely needs to start at the
0: very least beginning of September. Yes. So 100% if, if you haven't been go enjoy some horror movies. They're a lot of fun um, and keep checking back for more episodes of the Gargoyle podcast and I, I guess that's it. Yep. We love you. Come back. Please <laughs> go, go have fun with horror.
1: Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay bye.